and welcome to the latest episode of Slam University, the hilariously uh, late uh, wrestling history podcast brought to you by not only me, Joe Garcia, but my co-host, Marcus And Kamei. welcome back to S.H.I.E.L.D. year here on the podcast. <laughs> the Summer of S.H.I.E.L.D., remember yeah. that? Fun idea. Yeah, I, I would like to take this time to take full responsibility. I mean... <laughs> One part, it was me who had to do research, and two, if, if I can make one small excuse, I've had like three seizures since the last episode, which, <laughs> they never come at good times, let me tell you something. Especially all those well times. Yeah, yeah, all the well times seizures. It's, it's like a, a seizure actually took me off DDP yoga for a while. I was like on it strong for like four months, and then you get that seizure, your body's sore for like a month. And then you're used to not working out anymore, so they're... Uh. But anyway, <laughs> folks, we're back. We had a fun little mini-episode with uh, Matt, who came on to help me do a review of uh, NXT TakeOver, so thank you very much once again, Matt. But we are back, and we are back strong, and we said we would do it, and now we're going to finish it. <laughs> God, by God, we're going to freaking swallow this damn pill. Indeed. Shield year, folks. If you are still listening to us, thank you very much. We love all of you. <laughs> but we're back. We're back strong. So, without any further ado, should we just jump right into it? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, for those who might be listening for the first time, this 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 Shield thing, uh, we started it off with. Did we start it with Dean? We started it. No. Yeah, we started yeah, we, it with Dean. No, no, no. Dean was our last episode. We started with Seth. No, did we? Because we alternate turns, remember? So you're doing you're doing this episode. I decided the last one, which was Seth. Which means you started off. Huh. Okay. See, look at that. We've, it's been so damn long. We don't oh, yeah. Like Dean, Dean is the last episode I see on uh, the podcast app. But anyway, but, but whatever. All right. We started off with one of them, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I mean, that, see, that you're using bad information because that, would, that shouldn't even be the last episode on the feed on the podcast app. Well... Imagine that. Imagine if it wasn't actually my turn, and that's why we're late. <laughs> but uh, regardless, we started off with the shield. We we've done Dean and uh, Seth Rollins Seth. now. So, uh, so naturally, we're closing it off with the third, uh, and what will probably be the most prominent member by the time everything is said and done. And that's, uh, what's his face? I've already forgotten his name. Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman Reigns, all right. As we've said before, the reason why you should care about the S.H.I.E.L.D., the S.H.I.E.L.D. in one way, shape, or form are going to be the main focal points in WWE for the next 10 years or so. Seth it, currently is the world champion, and he's had a pretty surprising run. Like, I was expecting him to, like, lose it a few times, but no, he's been holding on to that belt strong since... Like, grim death. Indeed, since WrestleMania. And... <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say strong. He's been holding on to it for sure, but I don't know. All right, he's been holding on to it like a heel. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dean Ambrose, despite the fact that he is booked horribly, is still one of the most overfaces in the company, and all the company needs to do is say, yeah, let's do something with him, and he'll be a main eventer for sure. And Roman Reigns, it's a, he's, as you'll find out in our review here, he's definitely a priority in WWE. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, I've got a friend at work. We've been talking about what we think WrestleMania's main event is shaping up to be. And I'm. it's looking more and more like it should be a triple. They should finally pull the trigger and that shield triple. They've threat. been holding off on it. I'm surprised they haven't pulled it by now. 
Well, I mean, for me, I think it, it's a big enough deal that it could be the main event for Mania. But, oh, I definitely concur. Like, if the mega, I remember the mega powers exploding, shield exploding. I think would be a gigantic main event for <laughs> WrestleMania. Yeah, like my friend, he was like, ah, he's like, he wasn't so sure, but you know, you point out the fact that you know the shield is like one, of, pretty much the most over faction in, in WWE in like years, mm. like definitely since the X. Um, so like the like the idea. Like every time they tease, like us, even like little mini reunions on like Raw, like they'll randomly put them in the match, you know, on opposite teams, obviously, or the one time that they were teamed up as the Shield for, you know, against that one match against the Wyatts, or or yeah, uh, fuck WWE for even teasing that. By the way. <laughs> or even that one time where they got where they did the triple power bomb for like <clears throat> one time and everyone lose, <laughs> everyone in the arena lost their mind. Yeah, it's like yeah, you can you can definitely have a main event with the three of them at WrestleMania. I think it. It'll be perfectly fine. Oh, God. Yeah, that moment. Wait till we get to that in my review here. Oh. Anyway, so let's jump right into it. Roman Reigns. Let's start with the general info. And, buddy, let me tell you, for the return of this show, I've really delved into it here. So, oh, okay. here we go. His real name is Leite, or L-E-A-T-I. How would you say it? Okay. Joseph Ona, Onoe. He was born on May 25th, 1985, which would make him 30 years old. In huh, my, uh, it's uh, my brother's birth. I mean, not the same day exactly, but or not the same year, but the same day. Oh, right on. He was born in Pensacola, Florida, but he lives currently in Tampa. <laughs> Man. He is a graduate of Georgia Institute of T- of the Georgia Institute of Technology. Get it. Currently married to Galena Becker. And he he's got one kid who you may remember uh, had a commercial he did a commercial with uh, drinking tea. Yeah, cute kid. He's gone by such ring names as Joe Anoa. Probably stayed up late on that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just, like, yeah that's just your name, buddy. Roman Leaki, right. and just simply Leaki. All right. He is six foot three inches. 265 pounds and was I believe those and was tra- got a really good discount off the Wild Samoan training school trained by Afa and Sika also <laughs> you you'd think <laughs> and he was trained a great deal also at FCW <laughs> Joe if you had to guess how many pay-per-views would you say Roman Reigns has been in at this point yep uh let's see I told like, you I did a lot of research for this. No, I'm, I'm counting. I'm counting. Uh, at this point, it should be 24, 25. Oh, close. 29 pay-per-views. Huh? Of those 29, he has main-evented 11 of them. <laughs> that's not bad. That's not That's not bad, considering how he's only been here for, like, what, three years? <laughs> yeah. If you had to guess what his Pro Wrestling Illustrated ranking was for 2015, what would you say, Joe? Oh, man. <laughs> Realistically, I mean, the way I would put him in that ranking, I would probably put him in the top 50, maybe. Well, you're right. He was number four. Okay, that's a little that's a little high. That's uh, quite a bit high. Well, look where he is right now. <laughs> His win-loss record. Yes, I have that too, Joe. <laughs> oh, man, that's... Okay. <laughs> he has won 323 times. That's a 59% percentage. He has had 22 draws. And he has lost 223 times. 
<laughs> How many wins are by DQ? Okay, let's not be crazy. <laughs> How many are distraction roll-ups? <laughs> I, I don't know. A lot of them are by spear, if that helps. <laughs> His family tree, get ready. His father is Sika. His uncle is Afa. His brother is Matt Anoa, who you know, Joe. Do you know who he is? No. You may recognize him as Rosie, the Hurricanes partner. Oh, man. <laughs> His cousins are Samu, Rikishi, also known as Rikishi Fatu, the Tonga Kid, Yokozuna, L.A. Smooth, Umanga, Afa Jr., and Black Pearl. <laughs> nice job recapping every Samoan wrestler in, in WWE. Yeah, and this is still missing such guys as Haku and for Christ. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> All right, so let's go right into his early life here as a lad. Now, keep in mind, as we mentioned from the beginning, his father and uncle were often seek of the Wild Samoan fames. Named the Wild Samoans, who had a very famous story where with Hulk Hogan, where they were stopped by a highway patrolman and refused to break character, even if that meant them going to jail for speeding. <laughs> uh, so Reigns lived in that era, where kayfabe was very much alive. As a result, the cr a large portion of the audience out there thought wrestling was real. This led to Reigns being picked on quite a bit in school because his father was was a heel. Now, this also led to him... That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> this also led to him switching schools every year due to the fact that his father would have to leave to work in a new territory. So he brought the... Instead of just leaving him to stay in one area, he uprooted the whole family and they came with him. Which is an interesting way to go about it. You don't really hear too many families doing it that way as far as wrestlers. Uh, <laughs> That's one approach for sure. Indeed. Eventually, they came to realize this might be damaging the poor lads. So they decided to settle down in Pensacola, Florida. Where, very famously, in that house that uh, they bought, they built a full-size wrestling ring in the backyard. One, even though it's rusted as all get-out, Still stands to this <laughs> as day. As you do. Yep. <laughs> that, that stood out there on rain and snow. Well, not snow. It doesn't do that in, over in Pensacola. <laughs> and hey, you never know, Mo. Indeed. And there's many, many a famous story of uh, various family members coming to that ring to practice their moves. In fact, there's a very uh, f funny story by Jay Uso about his uncle Yokozuna practicing his famous leg drop on him back when he was like 10 years old. <laughs> That's great. I know. They're like a 500-pound leg drop. And he just laid there like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> on a child. On a poor child <laughs> who became a tag team champion. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it, damn it. Uh, collapsed his lungs as an 11-year-old. But damn it, it was worth it. Well, he was aiming for the head, and as you know, Samoans are impenetrable in the head there, Joe. <laughs> sure. Uh, but it's pretty funny to imagine all these amazing generations of wrestlers, because that family has probably produced more wrestlers than any other family out there. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Heck, him and the Usos even had talks about how they'd all fight it out for the tag team titles one day, which stay tuned to see if that happens. 
This is also where I got a lot of respect for Roman Reigns, Joe. You know why? Why is that? You know who his favorite wrestler is? I'll give you a hint. They have the same hairstyle. Oh, Arn Anderson. Uh, no. And again, no. <laughs> it was Brett the Hitman Hart was his favorite wrestler, which when you consider his wrestling style is pretty funny. It is. <laughs> However, for a while, it seemed like Roman Reigns wasn't going to be a wrestler, actually. Because back then, he had aspirations of being in the NFL. And he was pretty <laughs> successful, to be fair. The Pensacola News Journal named him Defensive Player of the Year in high school. All right. He was also named to the first team in the All-ACC as a senior at Georgia Tech as a Yellow Jacket in 2006. Not bad. At the Atlantic Coast Conference, as it were. Mm-hmm. He was eventually signed by the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> However, he failed the physical, so he wasn't able to get through all the way. Yeah, every now and then I, that, that picture of him circulates of him, like, in his, in his Minnesota Vikings jersey, like, the picture that they took of him. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Which makes uh, his WrestleMania main event pretty interesting, as the other guy he faced then was also a Minnesota Viking, quote-unquote. <laughs> As he quoted, I was right there. I was as close as you could imagine to getting to the NFL. It just slipped through my fingers. It wasn't meant to be. I signed, went to rookie camp, but I didn't pass my physical. I had some medical things going on. I'm convinced I, I would have made the team. It's, it's, it's hilarious the things that qualify you or disqualify you from the NFL uh, that don't matter in terms of the WWE and vice versa. Oh, yeah, it's crazy in the NFL in many, many ways. <laughs> it's like, I remember, was it like WrestleMania 11 when like LT was, was part of the main event? Uh, and he was like, oh, okay, like that was all right. <laughs> Definitely, uh, like uh, that performance wasn't uh, what you would expect out of a physical specimen like Lawrence Taylor. And then on the other hand, you've got, you know, freaking Brock Lesnar who could should be able to like freaking heave people 300 feet, you know, past the freaking sidelines or whatever. And uh, he barely... And he eked out in, he like flunked out of the Vikings uh, practice squad. So who knows? Yeah, it's said that he still had uh, some you know residuals from uh, diverticulitis at the time. But yeah, Brock Lesnar. Oh, no, did, he did that before. Uh, he even went to UFC, didn't he? That's right. Well, according to him, it was like building and building, and like a little after he got the world titles, when it finally truly hit. Because, you know, keep in mind, according to that story, he was about ready to die. But we are di <laughs> diverting right off reins here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. All right. The medical condition that he refers to has since cleared, but it bugs him to – it is said that it bugs him to this day that he didn't quite make it. He's never said what the condition actually is, though, or what it is that kept him from there? No, no. Su okay. Surprising. Reigns would go on to the Jacksonville Jaguars as a defensive tackle. Oh, man. He played uh, a year – with the much-acclaimed Edmonton Eskimos on their practice roster. <laughs> and after that, uh, I think he just saw the writing on the wall as far as his uh, football career. Right. So, in July 2010, and Roman Reigns was signed to a WWE deve developmental deal by... As many accredit that to WWE announcer Jim Ross, who had been reaching out to him for some time about signing up. <laughs> he was assigned. <laughs> how many? Because, I mean, I know that 
good old JR is a big college football fan. You know, he's always watching the Sooners <laughs> play. How many players do you think he looks at and he decides to just call out of the blue to see if they want to wrestle instead? Oh, my God. I mean, you know how many te- – like, it's amazing how he inspired a generation, actually. There's actually a few wrestlers <laughs> that play football and not do anything – join the wrestling team now because they thought thought that it would help him get into WWE. Like, Cole Cabana famously said that, that he played <laughs> football thing and that would help him get into WWE. But yeah, there, there was a time when you knew, like, if they played football, if they were in WWE, it, like, he was a running back for da-da-da. And, <laughs> uh, he was assigned, but anyway, Reigns was assigned very quickly to FCW. And he, FCW being Florida Championship Wrestling, right? Correct. Where he made his debut under the ring name of Roman Leaki. Where <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> getting there. Halfway. Where he lost his debut match. Do you know to who there, Joe? I asked. Damien Sandow. No, but good guess. He was around at the time. (laughs) Uh, Richie Steamboat. Oh, man. What happened there is I still ask to this day with Richie. (laughs) RSJ. But anyway, he'd lose some more competitors, (laughs) such as Idol Stevens, who actually I believe is uh, Damien Sandow, and and Wes Briscoe first victory was over Fad Rukaman on September 21st, 2010. There's not too much to his run in FCW. He did some tag matches, but he was really just there to learn and just really lose from time to time. <laughs> he would eventually form a tag team with Donnie Marlowe, who you may know, Joe, as Camacho. Don't we all? <laughs> With their one major moment being a losing effort to Big E and his partner at the time, Calvin Reigns. Ooh, maybe that's where he got it from. On July 8th. (laughs) He absorbed him. (laughs) Uh, Like a Mega Man villain. Indeed. We jump right to 2012, where Layaki was made into a main eventer because it factor. And the fact that he pinned FCW heavyweight champion Leo Kruger, a.k.a. Adam Rose. (laughs) The saddest. In a tag match. What the hell happened there? (laughs) That should be a new show we do. What the hell happened? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I I didn't actually watch that E60 documentary they did a while back, but I hear that they... Like, everyone took Adam Rose as a joke, basically, but, mm. like, after watching that, like, everyone's like, holy shit, he's, like, the most sympathetic person in all of WWE, and they're just dragging him through the mud. Like, you, you feel really bad for him because of his kid and whatnot, but, like, my favorite sad moment for Adam Rose on that one is... Uh, Out of so many, and there's so many to pick. Oh, God. Uh, the, <laughs> it's after the first match with Adam Rose, which was done really good. Like, that first match with Adam Rose was the best version of that character before they went and ruined it slowly but surely. But, <laughs> you know, uh, Triple H is talking with him after the match. He's like, yeah, that was really good, really good. And, like, Adam Rose is awesome. And he throws up his hands to do a high five. And Triple H, like, very awkwardly, like, inst- he doesn't high five him. He just, like, holds the hands and shaking like, yeah, whatever. And then, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Poor guy. Anyway, then on February 5th, 2012, he won a very infamous triple threat match, which you can actually find on the Shield DVD, as he defeated Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose in a triple threat match to get a shot at the title. 
Leo Kruger's title. Mm-hmm. Okay. He would lose to Leo Kruger the following week. Hmm. Spoiler. But anyway. <laughs> to wrap up, he would later win the FCW tag titles with Mike Dalton. Who, who, who do you think that Mike Dalton is now, Joe? Oh, man, that sounds awfully familiar. Mm-hmm. It should. I don't know. Tell me. Believe it or not, he would become Prince Pretty himself, Tyler Breeze. Oh, man. There's a tag team for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If they can reunite those guys at some point uh, with uh, with their current characters in tech, that would be my favorite thing in the world, actually. Uh, they would eventually lose those tag belts to the just as interesting tag team of CJ Parker and Jason Jordan. Then Reigns would go on to NXT, where he would really do nothing in NXT. <laughs> he would debut beating the perennial uh, doorman for NXT at the time, CJ Parker. <laughs> and he's already Roman Reigns at this point. Oh, yeah. Like at FCW, he still had the, his old name. And then at NXT, they just transitioned him to his new name, to Roman Reigns. Indeed, yeah. And he was also famous for not wearing that kick-ass outfit that he wears now, but Small regular old trunks. Yep, small pink trunks, <laughs> which are a very popular meme among the ladies and some guys. And he, <laughs> like a ten percent of guys. Yeah, yeah. He would really uh, do nothing in NXT, as I mentioned, except beat up Heath Slater and C.J. Parker so much you would think they were feuding. <laughs> as he did thirteen matches for uh, NXT, he beats he. Uh, faced and beat C.J. Parker four times of those th- 13, and he faced and beat Heath Slater three times of those 13. <laughs> so half his career in NXT was beating up C.J. Parker and Heath Slater. <laughs> and that's it. And from here, we're since it's been so long, we're going to do like a speedy version of him debuting in WWE. Because, yeah, we're already here, folks. <laughs> like I said, he hasn't been doing this for too long. He debuted at Survivor Series 2012 along Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, helping CM Punk retain over Cena and Ryback. The trio would conveniently appear to help out Punk retain over the months and would deny being associated with him. The trio would make their in-ring debut at TLC 2013 in a surprisingly epic match against Ryback and Team Hell No. Please go back and see that match if you haven't. (laughs) On Raw... To, on Raw twenty on Raw on January twenty eighth, it was revealed that Heyman had been paying the Shield to aid Punk, and after that, their alliance with Punk slowly ended. <laughs> As WWE's relationship with Punk very quickly ended. Oh God! <laughs> According to Punk, the original plan was them to all be a stable together, but. As uh, the Shield got hot, they were like, oh, "Let's let them stay on their own for a little bit," which. Only aided in the whole punk thing. That would be another uh, episode of our What the Fuck Happened podcast. <laughs> the trio would have matches that would... I think at this point it would be a regular episode because <laughs> he's not going back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trio would turn out to be the match of the night on every card they were on. On such, mm-hmm. on such matches as John Cena, Ryback, and Sheamus on Elimination Chamber 2013. A match with Orton, Sheamus, and Big Show, you know, at WrestleMania 29. And in one of those, if you can find it, a match with Undertaker, Kane, and Daniel Bryan on the April 22nd (laughs) edition of Raw just after the pay-per-view, which actually led to a Dean Ambrose-Undertaker match of all things. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know the idea. I mean, there's a, there's a moment in the match where where <laughs> Dean Ambrose is just looking at the Undertaker like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" <laughs> uh, in the good way, though. In the good way. You're like, well, "How does it, how did we get here?" All right, to s- slow it back down to normal a little bit, we go to Extreme Rules 2013, where Seth Rollins and Dean. Okay, where I write down here, Seth and Rollins, that's not right, where, S- <laughs> nope. where Seth and Reigns went on to win the tag team titles against Team Hell No, while Dean Ambrose won the U.S. title that same night. Mm-hmm. They would beat Team Hell No again in their rematch on the next night on Raw. The Shield would then beat Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton to retain at WWE Payback 2013, and at Money in the Bank, Reigns completed a lifelong dream, Joe. Can you guess what he did? Being a mid-card match in an off-month pay-per-view? No, he accomplished that dream quite a few times. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) as as him and and Rollins uh, defended their titles against the Usos and retained. So there you go. They talked about defending (laughs) the belts against each other, and Reigns wins. All right. May it never happen again. <laughs> they would go on to defeat the primetime players at Night of Champions 2013. And, hey, hey, Joe, we got history here. Here's a trivia question. Believe it or not, up until this point, Roman Reigns has never been pinned. So, Joe, around this time, it finally happened. So, who was, one, who was the first person to ever, or who was... I'll let you pick. They have the same last name, if that helps. And I don't remember. <laughs> the first time Roman Reigns was ever pinned <laughs> was September 23rd, 2013 on Raw, where he was pinned by one of the Usos in an 11-on-3 handicap elimination match. <laughs> Which, believe it or not, has happened more than once. Man. Uh, it was around this time, August, the Shield started to become lackeys for the Authority where they were used to beat up faces and used as a punishment for faces as well. Case in point, entering a a little mini-feud with the Rhodes family, who are literally fighting for their jobs at this point, as uh, Cody had lost to Randy Orton and got fired, and Goldust similarly lost to Randy Orton, and Triple H fired him too. Just one of those because-we-can type of things. Then at Battleground. Reigns and Rollins lost a match against the Rhodes Brothers, famous for or being the only good match on that card. But the stipulation was if the Rhodes won, they got their jobs back. So it was a great match, and uh, you know it was like a happy moment, too. They then lost the tag titles to the Rhodes Brothers after some interference from Big Show on the October 14th Raw in a no-disqualification match. They would then lose their rematch at Hell in a Cell against the Rose Brothers and the Usos. Now, around this time, Joe, tension began in the group, especially between Reigns and Ambrose, who is still a champion. <laughs> and this, I would say, we're going to talk about mistakes as far as how they've booked uh, Roman Reigns, and I think this is the beginning of the first one for me. But I'll get into that in a second. The first time... And this is the first time where the push for Roman Reigns became really, really apparent. And as at Survivor Series 2013, for example, Reigns was the sole 
survivor for his team, the Shield and the Real Americans, Swagger and, and Cesaro, <laughs> against the Rhodes Brothers, Usos, and Rey Mysterio Jr. While the Shield would go on to lose to CM Punk on a three-on-one match at TLC 2013. Try to swallow that for I can. Yeah, I remember that. Reigns would go on to defeat Punk one-on-one the next night on Raw, and is still to this day, and probably is going to be, the only member of the Shield to ever defeat CM Punk. (laughs) At Royal Rumble 2014, Reigns entered at number 15 and broke the record for most eliminations in a single Royal Rumble at 12, even eliminating once his own teammates, Ambrose and Rollins. And let me tell you, that was, like, super exciting to see all that stuff. Like, everyone was like, oh, my God. And, like, like, it was a much different tone than the following Royal Rumble, uh, as far as feelings for Roman Reigns was concerned. Oh, yeah, people were pissed that he would go on to lose to Batista at the very end. They were, we were, we were hoping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone, it's so weird. Like, a year later, everyone would be booing that he won. But this, but this, the year before, everyone's like, booing that he was, Eliminated by Batista uh, to, for Batista basically placing second in the Rumble. I was saying Batista. Nah. <laughs> uh, uh, this, in hindsight, that might have if you were going to have him win the Rumble, uh, hunt, n- nudge, nudge, hint, hint. That might have been the time to pull the trigger. <laughs> you know, it's funny too, though, that um, <laughs> the last two people to win the Rumble basically were booed mercilessly. Uh, you know, upon winning, and then over the course of the next several months, we had in some way redeemed themselves. Uh, you know, uh, Batista through making a ridiculously, through his ridiculously awesome role in Guardians of the Galaxy, and then now Roman just as an ass-kicking machine who doesn't talk as much as he used to. Indeed, and unfortunately, it looks like that tradition's going to continue if you hear what the dirt sheets are saying is going to win the <laughs> Royal Rumble this year. Uh, but going back to uh, Reigns right here, this is when we would really start to see that he was being pushed and, in other words, get shoved down our throats. On top of that, I think what rubbed people the wrong way is that the other two S.H.I.E.L.D. members were made to look like complete idiots compared to Roman Reigns. <laughs> as they couldn't keep up with him, you know, they were constant. they were viewed as like holding him back, da 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 And... You know, thankfully, Dean Ambrose basically figured out what was going on and even talked to Seth and said, if we don't do something, we're going to be losing to Los Matadors on the pre-show if we don't do something. (laughs) And so, thankfully, uh, something, it was later changed so that the other two were on more equal footing. But this is where people are like, okay, come on, man. Like, would you agree with this, Joe, or... I think people tend to overreact a little bit, but yeah, I mean, that was kind of the perception. Now, if it ended here, I don't think it would have been too much of it. In fact, I wouldn't have, uh, I don't think I would have been mad if he won the Royal Rumble because that would have been at least a surprise. I was yeah. I was expecting him to break the record. I wasn't expecting him to, because there were some rumors, but it would have been a cool surprise if Reigns won it. But yeah. Oh, well. The next night on Raw, The Shield took on Sheamus, Cena, and Daniel Bryan where all three winners qualified for the WWE title at the Elimination Chamber. S.H.I.E.L.D. lost this fight thanks to interference from the Wyatts, which led to the trios fighting at Elimination Chamber 2014 (laughs) in a very highly anticipated match in one of those, hey, wouldn't it be cool if they fought type of deals? (laughs) Man, and what what a barn burner. 
they lost the they unfortunately lost the match after Bray Wyatt used his uh, supernatural powers to make Dean Ambrose disappear. At least that's the story I'm <laughs> going with. <laughs> right? Yeah, he just never came back. Yeah, they, uh, and they never explained it either. <laughs> no, they just never came back. You never like all right. And Dean Ambrose is like, oh, sometimes you disappear, man. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, that's actually. I think that's the only time those two, like, somehow that was the only time those two factions uh, fought on pay per view. Yeah, unless you count like uh, SummerSlam, where Diet Shield took on Diet Wyatt's, but yeah, I don't <laughs> Diet Wyatt. <laughs> Diet Wyatt's not quite as uh, great, but l- better for you. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> despite the tension that because they're growing isn't it? <laughs> despite the tension from all this they would later reconcile on in march on smackdown in seth rollins's best promo to date are we finished or are we finished afterward the trio started to have an issue with kane who proving once and for all kane was a terrible member for the authority and it's great that he's gone <laughs> This led to a match between the Shield versus Kane and the New Age Outlaws at WrestleMania 30. Do you remember this match, Joe? Uh, barely, because it was like 10 seconds. Exactly. You probably went to the bathroom at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like they came in, ignored uh, Erd Road Dog's offense, which you should, and then like power bombed everybody and it was over. It, it was pretty much, yep, Shield rules. <laughs> yeah, it... It was definitely what the match should have been. Uh, although you kind of wonder why it happened at WrestleMania. Yeah, I would have liked it if they had a longer match in hindsight. Because like the only we had one good Shield match and then one yeah. squ- Shield squash match. I mean, oh well. The next night on Raw, Kane kind of revealed Triple H may have had issue with the team and may have had the Wyatts attack them to keep them in line and out of the spotlight. Despite being ordered to attack Daniel Bryan later in the night, the Shield saved Bryan, becoming faces and absolutely blowing the roof off of the building they were in. (laughs) Oh, it was such a loud reaction. This led to Triple H doing the only logical thing he could think of to combat the Shield, and I'm not being sarcastic, this was actually a good idea, in reforming (laughs) Evolution with Batista and Randy Orton to fight the Shield in some of the in the two best matches I've seen in like ever at extreme rules and payback 2014, please go watch those matches. (laughs) The shield. Yeah. Like, go ahead. Normally I'm wary, wary of uh, six man tag matches or whatever, but like anytime that the shield is involved in a six man tag match, it's like, yeah, you you watch that. Oh yeah. Even like uh, the payback one, like these are fantastic examples of matches telling a story. Like, uh, the elimination match at Payback, especially. Jesus Christ, was that a great match. Oh. At this point, the, fie- the, the field, the shield, was the biggest face unit in the company. And, <laughs> and probably the biggest thing that had the word face attached to it. So, no one saw it coming when Rollins bashed Reigns in the back the next night on Raw with a chair to end the team. And something we've talked about up and down. But still, sad moment. Yeah, like that's one of the truly uh, shocking and even a little heartbreaking moments in wrestling. It's like, oh no! It was like I because I mean it's weird too because you know there were so many hints before where you thought they would pull the trigger and it wouldn't have been so shocking. 
uh, and then suddenly everything is hunky dory, and then the next night after like their biggest win ever, uh, bam. Yeah, exactly. Like you real, I I was really wondering. Well, like I mean, it makes sense. Like what the he- hell else can they do at this point? But oh, it was heartbreaking seeing that team. I, I still have my shield shirt that I wear from time <laughs> to time. Thus begins the singles run of Roman Reigns, which he would start by forgetting about Seth Rollins. No, seriously, like Dean, Am- it became Dean Ambrose's deal, and Reigns went on to do other things, such as qualify for Money in the Bank, which he sure. which he did on the June sixteenth Raw by winning a battle royal, last eliminating Rusev, and at the said match, Reigns faced. John Cena, ADR, Randy Orton, Sheamus, Bray Wyatt, Cesaro, and Kane. And who's ADR? Oh, Alberto Del Rio. Okay. People You got to remember. No, they don't. Okay, okay. You got to assume they don't. Okay, we educate. I I apologize. You're right. The winner of this was John Cena. And this also set up a feud between Reigns and Orton, who took each other out in this one. At Battleground 2014, he lost the fatal four-way with involving Cena, Orton, and Kane for the title. And this also continued the feud with Orton. Mm. Finally, at 2014, in a match that wasn't as good as Ambrose and Rollins, I'm sorry, <laughs> Reigns defeated <laughs> Orton one-on-one, thus sort of cementing his push here. Yeah. After their match at SummerSlam... Rollins did the infamous cinder block spot with uh, Dean Ambrose, which we talked about there, but essentially drove his head through a pile of cinder, bro- cinder blocks, taking him out for some time. <laughs> the next week on Raw, Rollins did a eulogy for the not-dead Dean Ambrose, but was <laughs> interrupted by Reigns, who took him out and then started thus starting a feud with Rollins, as Reigns was like, oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't actually. <laughs> it would have been great. They had a brief feud of three weeks, as uh, just <laughs> if that was going to culminate at a match at Night of Champions. Unfortunately, Reigns suffered an incarcerated or in he had, he got a hernia. <laughs> incarcerated. They put they threw it in the clinker. <laughs> if only he suffered a hernia and had to ba- and had to back out of the match. In fact, if you go to WWE Network, you can still see the special report where they report <laughs> the, they invented a breaking news uh, section just to put that up there because uh, it's like well, that and one other story that they've updated since. Which would be uh, great if they. Yeah, I know it would be great if they like did this as like a normal thing. Like anytime <laughs> there's any sort of special report, but. There's only, like, two, like he said. It's, like, a hernia, and, hey, there's a triple threat, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, like, the, the sucky thing, too, is that it happened, like, two days before the pay-per-view. Like, the pay-per-view's on Sunday, obviously, but, um, like, it happened, like, on Friday or Thursday night or something mm-hmm. that he was admitted into the hospital that they rushed him to the ER or whatever. Oh, yeah. I, I still remember the photos of him in the gurney being tweeted out. And so... This would this would cause Dean Ambrose to suddenly leave filming temporarily to resume his feud with Seth Rollins. Reigns would unfortunately lose by forfeiture to Seth Rollins at Night of Champions, mm-hmm. which made me love Seth Rollins more as he was like, like raise my hand, yeah. When he, <laughs> he would return uh, by he I mean 
Roman Reigns on the December 8th Raw to accept Superstar of the Year at the Slammies. <laughs> in the most, in my opinion, the most rigged thing of the whole bloody uh, Slammy Awards that year. As Dan- oh, man. You, <laughs> you mean these things are fixed? Oh, uh, just a little bit, Joe. Just a little bit. <laughs> you mean, are you telling me that this is all premeditated, Malcolm? I think it's very premeditated. <laughs> uh, it, especially considering how hot Daniel Bryan was at the time. And no, there's no way in hell he should have been Superstar of the Year. <laughs> yeah, especially since Dean Ambrose was arguably a bigger face even too. So him beating Dean made no sense. So... I think this was mistake number two, if we're counting down the mistakes here, where this is like, okay, this is bullshit. Like, I think he got quite a few boos when he came out to accept the (laughs) award. Six days later, at TLC 2014, Reigns officially returned by taking out the big show during Seth Rollins' match with John Cena, which led to, which uh, helped uh, Cena win. Which, you can put an asterisk next to this, because this is me being nitpicky. But I would say this is mistake number three. If you're trying to get a face over, don't have him help John Cena. Because <laughs> you, you don't help John Cena to get cheered. I mean, <laughs> come on now. It's like helping your dad, for Christ's sakes. Come on. <laughs> then the Royal Rumble 2015 happened. Man, oh, man. And you know it sucks too, cause like the as as a whole, like uh, you know, it was a fun Royal Rumble, like most Royal Rumbles are. Uh, it's just the two things that happened in it, like the two major things that happened in it, just tarnished it for everyone, uh, and just kind of it was just all booze uh, for like half of it, just because of. Well, first the one thing that happened, which was Daniel Bryan being eliminated after like five minutes. Uh, yep, this like this was mistake number one. If <laughs> and it was just you know nonstop booze for the rest of the match after that. When. You could tell very much that the plan going into this was we're going to have Roman win. How do we reduce the booze as much as possible? If you have to go in with that game plan, you've made a wrong decision somewhere. <laughs> I know. If you're, if you're planning for the worst, it's like, no, no. Plus, I think they were in Chicago. It was in a very smarky arena. So no, no, it was Philly. Philly. Oh, even better. So <laughs> the, the smarkest of the smarks. Indeed. And if it, you know, if Daniel Bryan was coming back, wait till like mania to have his return then. yeah you don't yeah like i mean the mistakes there were a daniel bryan really shouldn't have come back at that rumble like like he clearly wasn't ready physically uh mm. and obviously the audience wasn't ready for him to not win that royal rumble anyway uh so when he was eliminated it was like i said it's just boo, like the most toxic booze i've heard in a long time oh yeah it, uh, it was ridiculous my god like i'll admit i was pissed off too i was like I would say I was not as stunned, but a few notches below how stunned I was when Taker lost at Mania. <laughs> yeah, it's like we knew he wasn't, like, in our hearts, we knew he probably shouldn't have main evented uh, WrestleMania that year just due to his health. Mm. Uh, so, but to see it, like, <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, culminate physically in front of us that way, it's like, no, that's not good for anybody. Like, it's not good for Daniel to, like, you know, lose within six minutes. Uh, and it's not good for everyone else, you know, to watch that happen. So just let him come back naturally. Yep. With them, and, you know, everything would have been fine, I think. Mis- or at least lessened. Mm-hmm. Mistake number two. Other wrestlers look like garbage. Like, there's a very weird spot uh, 
Oh, point number two. Kane would eventually break the all-time elimination record if you're going by every single Royal Rumble he's been in. Oh, yeah. Uh, ast- I put an asterisk next to it just because Big Show was helping him eliminate those people. But <laughs> So Big Show and... <laughs> Is it like football where you can record half a sack if someone else uh, sacks the quarterback with you? Yeah, there we go. Right, we'll go by that. He- <laughs> Give him half elimination. He'd probably still have surpassed it then, but uh, so, oh well. Now, Big Show and Kane are two guys that are basically jobbers. I mean, yeah. they're, they are where they are. They're big, but they're jobbers. So to see them... They're- there came a part where you see him take out so many people that you really like. Like they take out Bray Wyatt, they take out Ziggler, and in the part that absolutely made me furious, they took out Dean Ambrose. Like, and even worse, they just simply dumped him out of the ring like they were garbage. Like, <laughs> and then it came up to Roman Reigns, which nobody was into. Yeah, and uh, then Rusev. go ahead. And Rusev, right? Rusev, yeah, who was hiding outside of the ring. Uh, Reigns would go on to eliminate Kane and Big Show eventually, but they would just come back in to attack. And then The Rock's music hit <laughs> in a spot where... Now, keep in mind, this is The Rock. He's going to get... Ch- he. It's like an instant cheer when you see him, but they basically told him to fuck off. <laughs> because they knew what was happening. Indeed. And... Uh, then you get the spot with Rusev, which they didn't even really milk for any uh, suspense. Rusev came, right. yeah. Rusev came in, like hit him a few times, and then Reigns just turned around and threw him out. And it's like, well, why the hell did you build up him hiding on the outside of the ring? <laughs> I know. It's like at least give him a couple minutes to get some back and forth offense on each other. Yeah, you, you could have at least like have him throw him over the top rope and celebrate, and but you know Reigns holds on and then sneaks up and throws him out or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. And the victory turned Reigns, at least in my opinion, into officially the symbol of everything WWE shoves down your throat. The Rock goes back in to celebrate, and in a very infamous picture, holds up Roman Reigns' arms in celebration, and you can see The Rock going, what the fuck, as he's, uh, as everyone... Are you booing us? (laughs) It's like, are you seriously booing this? I'm The Rock. (laughs) And it tur- like the last the last time the Rock got booed that hard uh, was you know kind of by proxy I guess was you know WrestleMania 18 when he fought Hulk Hogan where suddenly you know the the, revo- the roles were reversed or whatever where Hogan was suddenly the face and Rock was suddenly the heel uh, even though that was not the build up to, to the match. I I would uh, second that by the time that one match he had with Brock Lesnar where the crowd was actually booing Rock out of the building and like. Chanting na 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 na, hey hey, goodbye at him when yeah. he was leaving. But yeah, it Royal Rumble at this point is like slowly but surely turning into an into an event I dread because I just know I'm not going to be happy. Like this show, I was actually legit pissed for like a week <laughs> <laughs> before I let it all go. But so many mistakes, and it got people like so pissed off heading into WrestleMania. Which is an interesting, which is right. interesting, but but I think within the months between the Rumble and WrestleMania, I think they rehabbed him a little bit uh, in terms of uh, you know making him seem like a legit contender for for that you know because you know at first you know it, like we were at like the lowest lows of uh, Roman Reigns in terms of his not just well I mean he was always a fine wrestler but like his promos were like the worst like clearly 
Vince was writing them all and and wouldn't allow anybody to edit them, and he sounded like a freaking Looney Tunes character, like literally saying "suffering succotash" at one point. Oh <laughs> god! Like, and it's like, man, this is the this is the worst. This is the worst. Like, just let this guy talk for like. <laughs> a minute or less and just let him kick everyone's ass like that's the roman reigns we know and love like my my favorite yeah like with reigns i would argue you could kind of make him kind of like undertaker where he doesn't talk that much at all he just just be this badass figure that just comes out and does business yeah because you know everyone loves the undertaker but guess what he's a terrible promo too yeah <laughs> <laughs> when the Great gates of hell open up. Yeah, that's all corny shit. I'm sorry, but it's, <laughs> it's like, all right, man, just stop talking. You know, do the do the smoke monsters and the lightning and and the, and the slow walk and just pile drive a dude. But an act of God would help out Roman Reigns, though, Joe, <laughs> as a tremendous snowstorm would literally almost destroy Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> the Eastern Seaboard was just frozen over overnight. Thus, canceling Raw. Well, at least for the stadium show for the first time in 15 years. Now, this didn't cancel the show, as they just did a show at Hartford, Connecticut, which had, like, very few matches, which basically they just reshowed the Rumble. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, it was, it was good, though. Like, I didn't, not, I didn't hate that show. The best part, show. yeah, the best part of it, now, I, it tremendously helped Roman Reigns for two reasons. One, they, you didn't see... If they had gone right to another crowd, he would have boo been booed mercilessly, <laughs> and that would have become a trend. And this yeah. sort of broke the trend as soon as it started. And two, he actually had a really cool face-to-face -face encounter with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Where, you know, Brock, you know, went and met, met his challenger at Mania and just told him to, in my favorite line, tells him, in my, you know, like, just uh, I don't respect you. And then uh, <laughs> Roman Reigns smiles and says, you will. And it like Yeah, see, like that's what I mean. Like short and sweet, like, yeah, that's the wrong range I like. Yeah, not not saying suffering succotash, not telling Big Show about uh, Big Show and the Beanstalk. No. You remember that one now? <laughs> <laughs> like just literally the worst. Like just don't like stop it, Vince. You can't you're not a twenty five year old badass Simone. You can't write him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a different company it would be if it, if he was, though. <laughs> so let's head into Fastlane 2015, which had a very interesting build, Joe. Uh, the general consensus by wrestling fans was Daniel Bryan should have won. Yeah. As whether WWE liked it or not, he was the one people loved. Mm -hmm. WWE kind of went with this with an interesting storyline as Daniel Bryan came out. As he came out and turned this into a weird storyline and where Brian was like, you know, you're not the one that's supposed to be in the main event. And he's like, it was sort of breaking the fourth wall, but they were trying to tell it in a way that wasn't. And it really wasn't working. So it basically no. turned into like, no one wants you in the main event. Let, it, let me be in the main event. Yeah. They kind of turned him into a whiny face, which is like my least favorite kind of face. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Daniel Br and it slowly turned into Daniel Bryan pointing out that while he was back, he never got his world title match, which, uh, spoiler, he still has yet to get his world title rematch. You'll <laughs> get it eventually, probably, maybe, hopefully. Hopefully, knock on wood. Uh, so, like, uh, so Daniel Bryan, so he basically, with the help of the authority of all people, 
sort of got Roman Reigns to put his Royal Rumble number one contendership on the line in a special one-on-one match against Daniel Bryan, where the winner would go on to face Brock Lesnar. Uh, Daniel, mm. Daniel Bryan has stated in interviews that he went into this match wanting to do everything in his power to make Roman Reigns look amazing, which kudos to him. He did, though I would argue he did a little too good of a job. How do you figure? Well, not to say he dominated Daniel Bryan, but he looked absolutely superior to Daniel Bryan in every way, <laughs> even breaking free of the yes lock. And Roman Reigns is still the only guy to kick out of the of uh, Daniel Bryan's finisher, which the running knee. According to Cole, it's the knee that beat John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's not wrong about that. That's not true. And on top of that, it only takes one spear to beat Daniel Bryan. On top of that, you know, Ro- just I mean, to be fair, Daniel Bryan is made out of like hollow bird bones. So. He's a small guy. I, I get it, but it's. Uh, but it, it's a good match. I, I'd still recommend that you go out and take a look at it. And it, it, I think Daniel Bryan accomplished his goal. the The goal was to make make it look like this guy has a shot in hell of beating Brock Lesnar, which is a tall order, first of all, <laughs> for anybody, let alone Daniel Bryan. But he did it. <laughs> so from this, uh, they also had a good tag team match on uh, on SmackDown. Something called like Tag Team Turmoil, where the two of them teamed up. Uh, you know, Daniel Bryan and, and Roman Reigns, and they basically took on every tag team in the division, uh, one after the other. Uh, and it was like an hour of SmackDown. <laughs> and, and it was actually really great. Oh, wow. Did they win, or? I'd recommend watching it. Okay. So. Obviously, they won. I mean, it doesn't do much for the actual tag team division, but it was good for them, I guess, mm. to set up this one fast lane match. Yeah, it pretty much threw it under the bus, where they were trying to <laughs> one-up each other. And it, yeah, and I do remember... And then after this match, after, you know, Roman Reigns pins Daniel Bryan, he pins him fair, and Daniel Bryan, you know, he could tell he's, like, really upset about losing it, but in the end, he sticks out his hand, shakes Roman Reigns' hands, and tells him, you better win. And then he leaves. And I think, like, the next day on Raw, they team <laughs> yeah. up again against somebody, and they do the same at- antics again, like, you know, they do the old, I'm going to tag myself in as you're about to do your finisher because I want to do it, one-up and shit. And Daniel Bryan does it, and Roman Reigns this time, instead of getting angry, he just shakes his head and laughs. So it was like, it was cool because it showed them as <laughs> friends. So Anyway, right. we head into WrestleMania 31, which was an interesting WrestleMania because I didn't know how it was going to go down as... Brock Lesnar, the heel, was the one everyone was cheering for now. And Roman Reigns, <laughs> the face, everyone hated with a fiery passion. It felt like going like going into it like the Royal Rumble, where it was just going to be Roman Reigns winning, which would have cemented him as like the most hated ca- guy in the company, I think, if, that, if that's what happens. The build for this match, admittingly, was kind of weak. As the match, as... Uh, People commonly tell the story of this match as Roman Reigns chats with uh, Paul Heyman one week, gets a shirt, and then on the third week played tug-of-war with Lesnar. That was your build. Of course, it doesn't help that Brock Lesnar has a very limited contract at the time and uh, just barely showed up for the events leading into Mania. Like, uh, Do you remember any of this, Joe? 
man, I mean, I just remember that <laughs> people, like, despite everything that they tried to do with the with the months between, you know, the Rumble and, and Mania, like, people just, no matter what, were just like, oh, this shouldn't happen, no, bad, boo. And it's like, you know what, this match is actually probably going to be pretty interesting at the very least, because you've got this one guy who, you know, is who's been built as an unstoppable monster since he returned at WrestleMania 30, uh, you know, in freaking... Brock Lesnar defeating The Undertaker, murdering John Cena, uh, and everybody in between since then. And then this guy you're trying to build up as an unstoppable monster with, with, uh, with Roman Reigns and people and like that's like on paper, like yeah, that sounds pretty good as long as you ignore the buildup. Uh, so like yeah, that's the weird thing about WrestleMania too is that like WrestleMania is always, or I mean, usually it's usually pretty great. Uh, even though WWE is not always great about building up what happens before or after WrestleMania. Uh, but, you know, WrestleMania in itself is usually pretty good. So, like, I, I still was cautiously optimistic about the match. Uh, I wasn't. I, <laughs> I'll admit it. I was not happy Roman Reigns was there. I was cursing him under my breath. I was at least happy with the fact that, at the very least, Brock Lesnar was going to kick the shit out of him. Which, spoiler, he doesn't disappoint. <laughs> but, you know, I wasn't looking forward to him with the belt. I didn't think he deserved it. I, I was still choking on him being shoved out of my throat. But let's let's go into the matchup itself. <laughs> As uh, I, I wasn't wrong, the match was largely Lesnar murdering the shit out of Roman Reigns for most of this matchup. Roman Reigns survives F5s. Like, one of my favorite spots in the match, Roman Reigns is like on the apron and he tries to like knee Brock Lesnar, but Brock Lesnar catches it and hits him with the most, most uh, beheading clothesline I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, the two of them just really beat the ever-living crap out of each other. Like, they're actually laying into each other with some very real punches. And I was like, man, this is actually pretty awesome. Yeah, and it's... I don't care how much you hate Roman Reigns, and I was in this boat too, but you cannot watch this match and justifiably have no respect for him for surviving <laughs> the ass-whooping that Brock Lesnar gave him. Like a real-life Brock Lesnar ass-kicking. Um, yeah, man, that's good stuff. Indeed. it's a, as, as I say about Brock Lesnar matches, you don't have a Brock Lesnar match, you survive a Brock Lesnar match. <laughs> Basically. And the match itself, through this ass ass-kicking told a really great story as eventually Brock Lesnar is looking to finish off Reigns and goes for a headbutt on the ring post on the outside, which has now become a signature spot for Brock Lesnar's matches. <laughs> as he's like, okay, I can't blade. I'm just going to bust open my head like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to hit my head real hard on something. It's like, no, that's not better. Uh, and he cracks his head and... I'll never forget the imagery of this. Like, he hits his head, and you think, oh, okay, that didn't go so bad. Oh, then you see the trickle, this trickle, which turns into a trail, which turns into a draining of blood <laughs> from his head. And all of a sudden, the beast is woozy. The beast is is uh, wobbly. And he's like, you like, Paul Heyman starts to panic, like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? He, like, you can tell he's finally off his feet. Roman Reigns powers up, gets his smackdown meter to full, and saves <laughs> up five smackdowns, hits two Superman punches, and three consecutive spears. <laughs> and this is the point I was like, oh, God. And uh, one, two, no. 
I, I don't to this day I don't know how Brock Lesnar <laughs> probably because that was the only offense Reigns hit at that point, but it was such an amazing shocker that uh, Rome, that he kicked out, and I think he may have hit another F five, but but Brock was too weak to cover. Yeah, either way, they're both running on fumes, basically, quite literally at that point. It's not like like. You know, obviously the whole thing. You know, obviously, it's a wrestling match, so it's it's a work. Obviously, but like at that point, like you could, you believe that those two men are just they have very little left to give. Yeah, you can exhaust yourself beating someone up. Just look at Ali and Foreman right there. <laughs> and then, in a huge sock shocker, Rollins' music hits and catch cashes in during the match, turning into a triple <laughs> threat. Rollins pins Reigns, wins the title. And a rain that continues at the time of this recording. <laughs> and, yeah, like, that was uncharacteristically smart booking by WWE at that point. Like, oh, hey, yeah. Because you figured it's like, all right, like, either Brock Lesnar wins and you kind of just negate the entire build that you've given Roman Re- or this entire push you've been giving Reigns. Or Reigns wins and and no one is happy <laughs> for any reason. Uh, so you kind of, uh, you kind of uh, you know, split the difference here and you have Rollins cash in. Not Finn Lesnar, but somehow, like, you know, they both lose and somehow neither of them looks bad because they both beat each other senseless for 25 minutes before Rollins cashed in and within two minutes beat the challenger to get the the title. And for me, this was like the first positive thing I can remember them doing with Reigns because as soon as Rollins won the match, you know, all the hatred I had for Roman Reigns, at least with me, disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't being shoved down my throat. Thank God they didn't give him a title reign. Now, people may think of me as being just cruel here, but for this, I don't think Reigns wants his first title reign to be to a chorus of boos, especially if he's a face. <laughs> no. He's like pe- people hating this and everything about it. It's a, so I think it's great that they pushed it off. And it's felt more organic. Let him like work. He's, I've seen more of his work. I've become more of a bigger fan. I've become a bigger fan, excuse me. And uh, yeah, I don't feel like he's being shoved down my throat anymore. And mm. it, it just, I, it was a great move for both, both him, Rollins, and the company. So uh, real, this is probably the best, best uh, way out of this bad situation they painted themselves in. Or who knows, maybe it was their idea the whole time. At Extreme Rules 2015, Reigns went back to complete his feud with Big Show after Big Show cost him a triple threat match against Ryback and Orton for the number one contendership match. (laughs) And believe it or not, this is actually a match I recommend, which I don't normally do with Big Show matches, but they had a really fun and entertaining last man standing match that was pretty cool. So Extreme Rules 2015, go check that out. And then we come to Payback 2015, and this is the moment we were talking about at the beginning of the show. As uh, during the course of the match, Reigns, Ambrose, and Rollins, as they're in there with, excuse me, in a fatal four-way with Orton, Reigns, Ambrose, and Rollins, there comes a point uh, for the title, which Rollins is holding, of course, where... They all of a sudden, like, Orton started to attack all three of them, to which they unite and start bashing him on the outside, just like they did in the Shield. And then you hear Rollins say, put him through the table. And then Ambrose and Rollins start clearing the table. (laughs) Reigns does the 
battle cry. The crowd just blows up. They triple power bomb him through the table. And <laughs> and still one of my favorite Rollins moments. He hugs the he like puts his arms around Ambrose and Reigns is like, Yeah, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> puts his hand in the middle, like they're gonna do the the shield fist bump or whatever. And like Ambrose and Reigns like look at him like are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and they just beat the shit out of him. Uh, they let him believe it for half a second, too, though, before they beat the crap out of him. They're like, oh, yeah, you think that's cool? Bam! <laughs> hey, that, uh, that minute so and 20 seconds was the coolest thing on that pay-per-view. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, Rollins would go on to win, but Reigns looked pretty strong going into that. Uh, we then go to Money in the Bank 2015, where Reigns was in... In Money in the Bank, taking as well as Sheamus, Dolph Ziggler, Kofi Kingston, Neville, and Kane. <laughs> Man. Uh, so a lot of people going into this assumed that Roman Reigns was going to win, and I was actually okay with this. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, that would have been fine. It's like, <laughs> and the, uh, and the, the lineup for that match was stacked in such a way that you're like, oh, obviously it's going to be him, because who the fuck gives it, like... I mean, not that no one cares about Neville, but it's like he'd been in, on the roster for like, what, six weeks? It's like, obviously, yeah. he's not going to win it. For a couple of times. He's basically <laughs> uh, you know, there to do a high spot. Yeah, as is Kofi Kingston. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like they're not going to give it to freaking, like, oh, Larry, I was not going to give it to Sheamus because who cares about Sheamus or Kane? Um, like, it's clearly going to be Roman Reigns. And then they're like, oh, well, well I guess it is Sheamus. Who- <laughs> yeah, so. Bray Wyatt suddenly, you know, Reigns is about to win, which we're all cool with. And then all of a sudden, Bray Wyatt comes down, takes out Roman Reigns, which leads to Sheamus winning Money <laughs> in the Bank. To which, to this day, no one knows why. I mean, I can't imagine a Sheamus title reign is coming. I mean, <laughs> I, I know. I can only imagine I, he's going to be. Another person who cat tries to cash in but fails, right? Like I could see like Roman Reigns wins the title, then Sheamus cashes in, and then to make Roman Reigns look even cooler, he actually wins. So, but like everyone is like like to this day, no, sh- like Sheamus, like what is Sheamus doing right now? <laughs> Nothing, just losing matches, uh, tag matches with freaking King Barrett, basically. Oh God! But anyway. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like this is punishment to us for not liking Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble. <laughs> like, oh, you think it can be worse? You can't be, you think it can't get worse? Oh, <laughs> give it to Sheamus. It's a shame because the storyline in it's with... It's a shameless. It's a shameful thing, Lobster Head. But anyway, <laughs> it's a shameful thing that, uh, you know, he didn't win because I would have loved to... Uh, just this storyline switcheroo of Roman Reigns having the Money in the Bank briefcase, you know, sort of like looming over Seth Rollins' shoulder, just as Seth Rollins loomed over all the champions' shoulder when he uh-huh. had the briefcase. But, oh well, Sheamus. But anyway. <laughs> so, after Money in the Bank, Bray would simply explain his a- actions by saying, anyone but you, Roman. I guess, <laughs> I guess trying to mirror our sentiment or something. I don't know, but uh, this would lead to a Battleground 2015 match, which Bray Wyatt would win after a after Wyatt member Luke Harper returned and super kicked uh, Roman Reigns and uh, enabled Wyatt to win. 
Yeah, the weird thing is that they put him in a hood first. It's like, why are they making his allegiance to Bray Wyatt a secret? Because it was... <laughs> it's uh, like, it didn't make sense. To make people think that uh, CM Punk uh, grew a foot and came back. I don't know. <laughs> so at SummerSlam 2015, it was family versus family. As <laughs> Rain sought the aid of his brosif, Dean Ambrose, as they took on Bray and Luke Harper at SummerSlam, and actually a very entertaining match. Yeah, that was fun. Diet Shield versus Diet Wyatt's, as I said earlier. <laughs> and yes, as Dean would, cl- the only complaint I have about this match is, as Dean would uh, clue us in on in like a interview, this feud wasn't ending. He said like it's gonna be a, it's gonna be Shield and Wyatt's forever. So like, so this match isn't ending. So this feud isn't ending. That's great. <laughs> uh, so Roman and Dean over. And then on the August 24th Raw, they faced off again in a SummerSlam rematch. This match was called off as the Viking from Adam Rose's Rosebuds came in and destroyed (laughs) Dean and Reigns. (laughs) See how it ruins that character when I say Mm -hmm. it like that? Uh, Braun Strowman, as he would become to known, fully repackaged to not be a Viking and was now the new heavy for the Wyatt family. And I have to say, he does the job well so far. Yeah, so far, so good. Yeah, he's good in that role. He's It's better that he's not on his own, just as the big lumbering dude for the group. And <laughs> yeah. I love how it's a big deal when he actually gets knocked over, too. So, yeah. We then go to Night of Champions 2015. In a revenge match, Reigns and Ambrose would get a mystery partner to take on the three Wyatts. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> And once again, in WWE saying, you think that Reigns winning the Rumble could be worse? Well, how about if Chris Jericho's his mystery? No, I'm just <laughs> And you know, normal, like, I, like, I, like, Jericho in his prime was one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Uh, Jericho on, on this current leg of his career is, like, the least interesting wrestler ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So the partner was revealed to be Chris Jericho. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, here... Like, uh, this match against these unstoppable monsters, uh, the mystery partner is Tiny Grandpa. Indeed. <laughs> Tiny Grandpa is going to help. The partner was Chris Jericho, a move that Jericho insists didn't reveal that he was jobbing. Jericho was choked out and lost for his team. Yeah. And then somehow he got angry with them and then disappeared forever. It's like, okay. Like, none of that was explained. Why he decided to join and why he got angry when he tagged himself in to lose. Jericho insists that this is seeds planted for a great story that'll be told in six months or so when he feels like coming back to WWE. <laughs> All right. And this is kind of the reason I, I've kind of, one of the many reasons I've come to kind of dislike Jericho in WWE because mm-hmm. mainly because I listen to his podcast, which can be a really good show, especially if you're trying to get material for this show. But he comes off as such a pompous dude. <laughs> Like, I mean, I get it. Like, he's he's had a career, that, like, that is very different or, you know, unlike many other careers. Like, a very legendary career, for sure. So, okay. if he, if he's got his head in the clouds, you know, I totally get it. <laughs> but, man. Uh, but, man. <laughs> like, there are plenty of times where I just want to smack him. Like, he was talking about, like, uh, he had this match forever ago against Orton, which he insisted that, like, oh, you didn't know that I was going to fall into an RKO just because I was up on the top rope for, like, 10 minutes like no <laughs> and lunged at him head first 
Like everyone knows the uh, the spear from the top rope is one of my moves. Like no, we knew. He's like, but he was like going on like, ha! I fooled you. You didn't know it was going to be an RKO. Fuck you. We knew it was an RKO. <laughs> uh, and then he's like teasing. Oh, this great storyline is coming. Like after maybe a year when he's done touring with Fozzie. Like it's like come off it, dude. We know you only show up to job to people to put people over. I mean that's fine, but. Don't expect me to get as excited. <laughs> yeah. And so far, nothing has come from this story. In fact, uh, even when he d- did come back, like he faced Kevin Owens at the MSG show, mm-hmm. yeah, there was no storyline development. He was still a face. So I, <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Then finally, at Hell in a Cell 2015, Reigns finally ended the feud with Bray Beating him in a very fun Hell in a Cell match, I thought. Yeah, that was a great match. Both the Hell in a Cell matches that night were very memorable, I thought. Indeed. And uh, this match especially, I thought, did a great job in putting not only Reigns, but Bray Wyatt over. <laughs> Which is weird, because Bray Wyatt's like pay-per-view record is like 0-14 by now. <laughs> he's, like, I don't, he's won like two pay-per-view matches, maybe. It's like, it's like he's already ascended to being the guy who helps people getting over, even though usually that means he's on a winning streak for the longest time. But. <laughs> right. Then, on the next night on Raw, he would become the number one contender for the title, first by beating Kofi Kingston to qualify for a fatal four-way, <laughs> and then beating Kevin Owens, the IC champ, U.S. champion Alberto Del Rio, and because people still think we're holding our breath for him, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Dolph Ziggler's career arc is oh, that's gonna sad. Be, that's going to be sad. so depressing when we do that show eventually. <laughs> Just a quick aside here is that you know we mentioned him earlier, but Tyler Breeze debuted very a very short while ago, and and seeing them standing in the ring next to each other, it's like oh, this is um, <laughs> it's like Dolph Ziggler's standing looking at a new, more improved, and more fun version of himself. <laughs> it's like oh man, that's the saddest. Like, I'm happy for Tyler Breeze, because I love Tyler Breeze. But man, that's sad. Indeed. And and when uh, he, he called Tyler Breeze a millennial, it's like... How... He deserved to get punched. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, you're not that much older, asshole. It's like, how fucking old are you, dog? <laughs> you're you... not 45. I know you're dressed like you're from the 80s, but come on, man. <laughs> like, you've got, like a, like, you've got a popular Twitter account that you update regularly. You don't get to call someone a millennial in a negative tone. You millennial, <laughs> and your rap music. And your... He, he became he became Zeb Colder for a split second there. Uh, but anyway, we're we're diverting again. Indeed, yeah. um, that was a fun episode of Raw. You know that little mini tournament. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they had that mini tournament where they're like, all right, all the winners from Hell in a Cell will face each other, uh, and the winners will of those matches will then face each other in a fatal four way, and that was that was a great fatal four way. Mm-hmm. A great match. I even like to finish. Oh, yeah. And uh, by the way, another quick aside. Uh, if you're looking for a future opponent for Roman Reigns, did you hear the explosion from the audience when it was just Kevin Owens and Roman <laughs> Reigns? Yeah, like the, like the last minute and a half of that match is, you know, uh, Kevin Owens is the only person standing in the ring, and then Roman Reigns regains consciousness from whatever happened to him. And uh, he starts, you know, approaching the apron and stands on it, and no one's just, you know, agony of mind. He's like, come on, get in here. Uh, yeah, and the, the roof is starting to fucking come off the place, and it's like, yeah, I want to see these two dudes just freaking will on each other. And they do for a little while, but you want to see a full match, for sure. 
Oh, yeah. I would have laughed, though, if uh, Owens just left the ring like he always does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the match is still going like, wait, there's no count? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, throw Ziggler in there instead, and he gets and he eats the pin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And uh, just to update my notes here, uh, WWE would... Sp- now, granted, this match we just talked about could be a big deal down the road where they finally meet for the first time. No, they wrestled on SmackDown that same week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, granted, Owens did his usual that we talked about just leaving. Thing. Yeah, which I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, eventually it's like, like, oh, come on, man. It's... Yeah, it's like either have a decisive finish or don't have that match at all. Exactly. Like, I mean, if and then being a SmackDown, maybe don't have that match on SmackDown. Just have something. Have them fight someone else instead. So the match is set for Summer, Summer Survivor Series. They have the same initials. So <laughs> where it will be Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns for the WWE title. They even had a nice little, uh, nice little traditional. They have, do they have to call it traditional? It makes it seem so old. Traditional Survivor. <laughs> well, I mean, it match. is. It, it is super old, actually. Just, uh, well, is it a, is it a millennial? Would you say <laughs> <laughs> it's it's too old to even be called a millennial, Malcolm? Oh, as Roman Reigns would team up with Ryback and introduce the returning Usos once again, relieving those <laughs> childhood dreams, and of course his brosive Dean Ambrose to take on Seth Rollins' team of all three <laughs> of the New Day. Which, by the way. I love how uh, Seth Rollins and the New Day have turned into the Kurt Angle and Edge and Christian of our day. <laughs> That's true. It's uh, true. It's true. <laughs> uh, by the way, there's many a gif right now of New Day rocking out to Seth Rollins' theme, which I recommend you find uh, and watch. It's hysterical. There are gifs of everybody rocking out to Seth's theme. Uh, like I like watching Stephanie rock out to uh, Seth's theme. It's always great. Because <laughs> she rocks out the way a soccer mom does. Oh yeah, she she's a she's an amazing millennial, by the way. And uh, <laughs> uh, another uh, an interesting thing though is that about that setup for this episode of Raw was that you know uh, the authority came out to to start the show. They're like, oh, we're not going to give the main event away on Raw for free. Are you crazy? That's a pay per view caliber match. Instead, we're going to give away a Survivor Series match. It's like, wait a minute, that's still a pay per view match. Plus, if, if history shows, chances are it's going to come down to Reigns and Rollins at the end anyway, so you kind of are. <laughs> yeah, and it did. Uh, uh, so eventually, uh, oh, and they teamed up with the New Day and uh, Kevin Owens, which very interestingly, Owens says, I'll do this for you, but you owe me. So mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see if anything happens to that. Probably not, but... I hope so, but uh, who knows? Because yeah. uh, one thing WWE is really good at is re- is is forgetting the things that they wrote months ago or weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it comes down to Reigns and versus Ambrose and Roman Reigns. Very interesting it comes down to those three specifically, where Seth says fuck it and gets a chair and starts bashing in the back. <laughs> yeah, like uh like a certain thing that happened many years ago. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I remember he's like, Is that familiar? <laughs> oh god, it was uh, Oh, by the way, another favorite part of this match, uh, there was a part where Seth Rollins is hold where no, uh, Kevin Owens is holding Dean Ambrose and like Seth is mouthing off to him. And if you listen, you can hear Kevin just, saying, just hit him. Yeah, that's great. Just hit him. Come on, Seth. Just hit him. 
<laughs> and it takes so long that Dean just moves out of the way. The and uh, it's sadly, it leads to Kevin Owens' elimination, which makes me wonder if this is going to lead to Ambrose versus Owens for the IC title, but we'll see. I hope so. It, it was a nice little callback, especially with the chair, and he was like, look familiar, and he was about to hit him, and then <laughs> Reigns pops up. And Oh, by the way, uh, going back to next week, sorry, folks, but going back to last week, uh, Roman Reigns countering the pop-up powerbomb with a Superman punch was just awesome. That was great. That <laughs> it was, was really pretty cool. good, yeah. He's getting really good at hitting that out of nowhere, so I'll give him right. that. And that brings us to the present. Will Roman Reigns win the title? Prob- yeah. Probably, yeah. And you know, <laughs> it's time. Yes, exactly. I, I would argue. I would say yes. It's time. It's time for bo- it's time for both Reigns to win it, and time definitely time for Rollins to lose it. Yeah, Rollins has had a great run. I would say with the belt, a great run. He's had a long run. I wouldn't say it's been a great run. It's been long, but not great. It, it's had some moments. <laughs> <laughs> I think like the only match he's won clean uh, to retain is against Kane. It had its low points. 2015 Kane, Malcolm. He he. Well, he pinned, and it Kane. was like the third match down from the top of that card. <laughs> well, he beat Sting technically fairly. He. Oh man. Okay. He, he, sure. Yeah. But he died halfway through it, so it's not like it was a great match. I mean, it was a great match until yeah. that point. And technically, he won that fatal four-way clean too. All right. He's had. He's had, my point is he's had some high points. Granted, there's been some low points. Uh, that Brock Lesnar match was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the matches you brought up are do have valid points to them. But I, <laughs> it was a uh, it was definitely a longer reign than I thought it was going to be. And sure. uh, I, I think, and given the fact that his face has been all over Raw and SmackDown since becoming the heavyweight champion. And I think he's done well with the ball, and I think he's cemented his place with the company. However, it's time. If not now, definitely next month. And, but given that it's uh, Survivor Series, one of the big four pay-per-views, this and this whole thing with the history of The Undertaker, I think this would be a uh, nice moment to have in that. And then you have uh, Reigns retain in the rematch, probably a ladder match at the next show. Yeah, I think... It'll be interesting to see how the crowd, uh, how how the audience responds to Reigns as champion, especially because Cena's going to be gone still for another six weeks or so because he's taking time off. Uh, so he's not going to be at Survivor Series and presumably not going to be at TLC. So it'll be interesting to see how the audience responds to, to Reigns as champion, like how that what that does to ratings and whatnot. Indeed. I mean, there's many rumors of what's going to happen, uh, such as the fact that Cena... Is expected to come back at the Rumble and win, <laughs> and it, it's going to be Reigns and uh, Cena at WrestleMania, with Cena winning his historic 16th title reign at Mania, making that a Mania moment. And that's uh, assumed to be the plan. There's also rumors that uh, Reigns is going to turn heel and align himself with the Authority. And that it'll lead to ultimately the shield exploding at WrestleMania. Or, who knows, maybe Ambrose turns. Because, you know, Ambrose has been kind of silent in all this. And (laughs) that's sort of what happened with Rollins. Like, no one was looking at Rollins doing anything. And all of a sudden, look what happened. (laughs) Well, he wasn't necessarily silent. He's been kind of his life coach in in these little segments backstage or whatever. He's like, you got this, Roman. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, and this is one of those time, few times where that actually works, I'd argue. Yeah. Like, Reigns looks cool because Ambrose is his friend. Yeah, pretty much. Because becoming, um, let's be honest, being friends with Ambrose in character is a bit of an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because, uh, yeah, because, you know, he's so wacky and unpredictable or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. One of them does have to turn heel. One of them has to. Somebody mm. turn one of them, please. It'll be great for both of them. So, what do you see for the future of Roman Reigns? Uh, I see many championship reigns uh, at uh, the top of the company. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting for sure because, uh, you know, people people complain about, you know, getting this certain people shoved down their throats, whether it's, you know, reigns. But, you know... Um, like, Cena is definitely one of the best wrestlers on the planet. So, like, I mean, you can say what you will about the way he's handled as a character and, you know, the way they portray him. But uh, when he turns it on, that guy is as good as anybody. So uh, hopefully Reigns can reach that level at some point, too. I definitely think he's found his rhythm as of late. Like, his matches are actually become, I dare say, of quality. And uh, I am enjoying them. Granted, uh, they're dependent on big moves. And by the way, people pick on him that he only has two moves, which I'm just going to say bullshit on right now. I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely expanded his, uh, repertoire. his repertoire. Yeah, he's got some really really cool moves, and he's uh, fun to watch in the ring. So, and granted, his promos, of course, still need work, but we've <laughs> still got... not great. But they don't have to be as long as they're not long. Yeah, and plus, we've gotten we've progressed so much since the days of suffering Succotash and. <laughs> Big Show and the Beanstalk and oh god, <laughs> like there's still flashes of that stuff sometimes. Like they'll pop up occasionally where he'll talk a little too long and start getting a little silly. Uh, but that's it's been reduced by a great deal. So, uh, indeed. Uh, so recommendations on matches to watch. Uh, the match he had once again with Bray Wyatt at Hell in a Cell this year mm-hmm. was top notch. Uh, the match uh, re- at WrestleMania one with Brock Lesnar is some is something you have to witness. You know, once again, it's impossible for you to see that match and not have a degree of respect for him afterwards. <laughs> uh, the match he had with Punk on Raw, which forgive me, I don't have the exact date for, but that was a fun match and it had one of the grossest looking spears I've ever seen. <laughs> and. Uh, Let's see, what was another good one? The Fatal 4-Way match was fun, especially for the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, reunion, which my iPad has vanished off the face of the earth. <laughs> uh, is there any that you can remember, Joe? Um, I mean, again, the um, that I love that uh, tag team turmoil match with uh, Daniel Bryan because it's, it's so much, like, despite the fact that it kind of throws the tag team division under the bus, uh, it's still a fun watch. You know, it's like, it's like a 40-minute ordeal, all told. Um, and, you know, like, I forget when it is. It's, like, sometime in February 2015 before their match at Fastlane. So it's sometime in February. Um, and, yeah, like that's it's a lot of fun. Uh, seeing them, you know, the dynamic between the two of them. They have pretty good chemistry together, um, both as opponents and as teammates. So it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the match he had with Daniel Bryan at Fastlane was also a lot of fun, too. So I recommend seeing that. And needless to say, all any chance you get to see like a match with the Shield. Yeah, like, any any three any six man tag with the Shield, whether it's against Evolution or the Wyatts. Yes, do that. 
Yeah, especially the Evolution one, in my opinion, was all really, really good matches. And uh, once again, his matches were Bray, weren't that bad. I had a lot of fun watching the SummerSlam match with, you know, family versus family. I thought that was really cool. And uh, he has had some matches with Rollins here and there, which if those are a precursor of what's to come, I think it's re- it's going to be really awesome. Yeah. Also, if you can find it, like I said, well, I, the easiest way to find it, just go get the shield blu-ray which i have <laughs> but that uh that fate that triple threat match between roman reigns dean ambrose and uh and seth rollins is a fun is fun considering hindsight just to see those guys all <laughs> together in a in a triple threat though i think when it does finally happen it'll be even better than ever yeah all right folks so we have a fun announcement here uh First of all, thank you very much for rejoining us again. But we, we had me and Joe when we sat down and decided to do the show. We had a plan. We we knew which wrestlers were going to go to what and what have you. Uh, however, we've had one particular very no- <laughs> vocal fan, and uh, you know who you are, Mister Empire. So, <laughs> and he's been wanting this one review ever since the day we started. <laughs> and, and you know what? I think it's time. So, it's time. So don't worry, buddy. That bad news Barrett episode is coming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So after the thir- after his 17th consecutive pinfall on SmackDown. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you wanted us to do one on Bad News Brown. Well, guess what, buddy? You're gonna get Bad News Brown in his entirety. So get ready for that episode, my friend. All right. Yeah. All right, Joe. Uh, unless there's anything else. No, let's take this thing home. Uh, thank you again for listening to uh, Slam University, this wrestling history podcast. You can find us on, uh, man, I don't remember, slamuni.com. There we go. <laughs> uh, that's the website, right? Uh, <laughs> you can also find us on all your favorite podcast feeds, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's iTunes, whether it's uh, Podomatic or, or what have you. Well, not Podomatic, no. no we're not on Podomatic. What am I talking about? Podbean is what we use for this one. <laughs> you can find us at... Are we on Stitcher, Malcolm? Yeah. Okay, we're on Stitcher. Yeah, we're on <laughs> We're on podcasts or, or on... Uh, Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast, that's the one. Mm-hmm. We're on there. You know, whatever you'd like to use, uh, you can definitely find our RSS feed there. Um, you can find these, these site or the or the podcast on Twitter at Slam University. Uh, you can find me at Wands23. You can find Malcolm at PSML. Um... Man, it's been a while. Am I forgetting something here, Malcolm? Uh, no, I think you got everything, bro. All right. Well, then in that case, uh, we we hit hard, we hit often, Malcolm. <laughs> and uh, no, we don't. <laughs> we don't hit often at all. Um, That's gonna change, don't they? <laughs> that will change. Uh, at some point, we will get that bad news brown episode up, and then at some point after that, maybe another one of a different guy. Uh, but until then, uh, see you guys later. Sierra Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta. 